Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about introduction to home care is Mark Ash. Mark is a senior serving professional with Right at Home, a locally owned licensed home care agency covering Montgomery County and Prince George County in parts of Baltimore. Mark has been with Right at Home for eight years, assisting families with keeping their loved ones home and thriving in their communities. Mark has been in the healthcare industry for 20 years in many roles. He worked in the field of adult daycare, running two vibrant centers, and helping open several more as a consultant. Mark has spoken in many different settings about topics from patient advocacy to healthy eating to what it takes to continue to thrive in the community. Mark is an active member of the Grassroots Organization for the Wellness of Seniors and the Prince George's Senior Provider Group and is on the Speakers Bureau of that organization. Thank you for being here today, Mark. How are you? I'm well, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know you and I have had the opportunity to uh, communicate for quite some time, so I'm looking forward to this uh, particular podcast. I'd like to get right into it, Mark. What is the difference between home health and home care? Well, I'm glad you asked that, and that's, you know, there are common misperceptions, and, and a lot of people confuse these two things and think that they're one and the same. Jason, home health is typically regarding anything that a physician writes a medical order for, which is likely to be skilled nursing, things like wound care, intravenous medications, therapies such as respiratory therapy, such as physical therapy, such as occupational or speech therapy, other types of uh, individual or, or skilled types of services that are typically provided in the home. Now, these services are typically provided when, uh, if a person is either hospitalized or in, in a rehabilitation unit after hospitalization, they qualify under their insurance, under their medical insurance, to go home and receive these services. Home care, what we're going to talk about today, is typically considered non-medical care. In other words, a physician doesn't write an order for it. It's typically covers a couple of different parts of our lives. It's what we call, you know, in the simple sense, what we call companion and chore services, where if a, if a person needs a little bit of help uh, in their home but doesn't require full-time inpatient care, they may receive services like companion care, and I'll describe that in just a moment. And if, if they need help with their activities of daily living, and we describe those as eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, and mobility. So if a, if a person needs hands-on assistance with those types of things, that's really when, when an aide is going to come in and, and help with the personal care as well as the companion and chore services. Companion care is when a, a client is able to do their own personal care. They're able to handle their own hygiene. They're able to feed themselves and things of that nature. But they may need things in the home that help them stay safe and continue to thrive in their home. They may need things like transportation to and from their medical appointments or to the grocery store or out with friends because maybe they can't drive anymore. They may need assistance with things that have become more difficult, like light housekeeping, changing the bed linens, 
doing the laundry, things of that nature. Those are, those are typically companion and chore services. If they have a problem remembering their medications, a, a companion caregiver can assist them by reminding them to take their medications. And also, that companion caregiver can help them by taking them to the grocery store and helping them with their shopping, making sure that they're buying healthy food alternatives. And that companion caregiver can assist with preparing their meals if they need assistance with that. So the things that have become harder in life, if you have a companion caregiver come in, they can assist with those types of things. What is personal care and how can it be provided? Personal care is when a client needs hands-on assistance with one or more of those activities of daily living. So for example, and I'm going to weave in companion care into this as well because these things could be intertwined. If a client is able to bathe themselves, if they're able to wash themselves and, and, and cleanse themselves completely in the bath or shower, yet they need assistance to step in and out of the tub, that's okay for a companion caregiver. But when that client needs someone to bathe them, they can't do it for themselves, that is where personal care comes in. So there's a, there's a, a thin line between each. But when the client can't perform the task on their own, that's considered the second level of care, typically. So, for example, if a client can feed themselves, a companion caregiver can make meals for them. But if the client needs to be fed, or if the client has chewing or swallowing issues, that would, that would be typically the personal care level. When a client needs assistance in dressing completely, if they need the, the caregiver to put on their undergarments, to button up their clothing and so on, that is the personal care level. If the client just needs someone to do up the, a button or two, that's okay for a companion caregiver. As it relates to mobility, if the client is able to walk on their own or, or get up out of a chair on their own, even if they're a little wobbly, then a companion caregiver is fine to provide that support. But if a client needs to be lifted out of their bed, or if the caregiver needs to do more than half of the task of lifting them from a chair, lifting them from a bed, lifting them from the toilet, that, that's the, typically the personal care level. So like I say, there's a thin line between each, but normally, when a client needs assistance with more than half of the task or when the client needs assistance completely in, in finishing the task, that's typically the, you know, where personal care comes in. And then the, the other one I mentioned is, is when they go to the bathroom, when, when they're toileting. If the client just needs help getting on and off of the toilet, but they can do all of the, their hygiene themselves, that's okay for a companion caregiver. If the client needs someone to perform the hygiene tasks for them to complete the paperwork that requires an aid to provide the personal care. There are many instances where a client may receive one, you know, help with their personal care, hands-on, but also assistance with the companion and chore services. 
So typically a home care agency can provide a caregiver either at, at, at the companion level that does the companion and chore services or the caregiver will be provided at the personal care level where they can assist with the personal care as well as the companion and chore services. How does somebody actually determine, so when you first start working with a, a patient and they are at a companion, how often are they reassessed to determine where they fall in the two levels of companion care versus personal care? A qualified, well-trained home care aide can recognize when the client's deficits begin to begin to become too great where they're needing more hands-on assistance. So if, if we have a caregiver in place, let's say, for uh, providing companion care, and they recognize that the client is, is not doing their own hygiene, they're, they're not able to cleanse themselves after they go to the bathroom, or they're not able to, uh, they're not able to bathe themselves and, or provide the right skin care for themselves. And these are critical issues because these could lead to, especially in an older adult, these could lead to skin breakdown, which can lead to infection or wounds or something of that nature. So hygiene, when hygiene becomes critical like that, it's important for the caregiver to recognize that the client isn't doing it for themselves. So the, the caregiver should call a nurse in to do the assessment and determine if the next level of care is required. What about medication? Um, can any type of caregiver give medication? Typically, with a licensed home care agency, it's required that a med tech administer medications. If at any client level, whether it's companion or personal care, if the family has prepared a pillbox and a caregiver under a licensed agency can bring the pillbox to, to Mr. Smith, let's say, and say, Mr. Smith, it's time to take your new medication. Here's a glass of water. And if Mr. Smith is able to pick up those pills on his own and take those pills on his own, that's considered a medication reminder. Any caregiver can do that. That's a medication reminder. But when a client can't take their medications themselves, when it requires them to have um, the medications chopped up and mixed in with their food, or when the medication needs to be given uh, another way, that requires a medication technician, which is a certified employee that is authorized to give medications under the licensure of the nurse who's licensed to run the home care agency. Just for the purpose of the audience, Jason, I thought maybe I would give a couple of examples of, of where, uh, where companion care could come into play and where the personal care might come into play. Because I don't want, uh, I don't want someone to think that home care is just for an older adult. So I want to give a couple of examples. And for companion care, there's two examples that come to mind. I think of a case that we had um, with a 35-year-old single gentleman. I'll call him Mr. Jones. And Mr. Jones was, is, was clear of mind, 
able to do, you know, was living normally. And Mr. Jones, who lived on his own, he fell and broke his leg. And he wanted to continue working. And he wanted to continue living his life the, the way he normally would, other than having the broken leg. So Mr. Jones used our agency to assist him with those chores around the house, helping make meals for him, helping clean his home, helping change his bed linens, driving him to and from work. And these sort of things, though, that is the way that that companion care helped Mr. Jones, a, a very with it 35-year-old single gentleman, enabled, to him, enabled him to continue to carry out his normal life and just help with those things that were a little bit harder until he was back on his feet. The second example is a, a, a typical client for us. I'm going to call her Mrs. Smith, 71 years old. She has early onset dementia. She lives alone. But her family is concerned about her keeping up with her normal, with her normal life. So a caregiver comes in, and the caregiver can help her stay on her regular schedule. The caregiver can help her get her day started in the morning by fixing breakfast and getting her day started and helping her with, with the chores of making her bed and things like that. And the caregiver that, that's, that's well-trained to recognize early onset dementia, that caregiver can, can give Mrs. Smith uh, cues, verbal cues, and coaching to make sure that Mrs. Smith can continue to do the things that she's able to do. And then the caregiver can assist with the things that might be harder, like cooking over the stove that may have become more difficult can help with the medication reminders, can help with driving Mrs. Smith to her medical appointments and to her grocery shopping and things like that. So two completely different examples for companion care, yet both are relevant to those people that were served. And then as it relates to personal care, here's another example of where it's not always the the you know, senior, the 65 and older, who might use personal care. Uh, Miss Nancy uh, was a 50-year-old, uh, well, at the time, 50-year-old uh, woman who uh, lived on her own. She had a hip replacement and for a few weeks needed some hands-on assistance with her hygiene, with bathing and with hygiene after she went to the bathroom. And, and those sort of things. So just post-surgery for a few weeks, three or four weeks, she was able to, to use someone at the personal care level that helped her keep herself together and function as she normally would. And then contrary to that is uh, an another very uh, typical case for us, an 82-year-old Mrs. Jenkins, I'm sorry, Mr. Jenkins, I read that wrong, uh, Mr. Jenkins, who uh, is suffering from Parkinson's and who needs complete assistance, hands-on, with his personal care, with his dressing, his hygiene, 
as well as his his chores around the home and, and meal. So the caregiver spends more time with Mr. Jenkins. Uh, but each of those situations is different. But that care can be designed specific to each individual situation. And it could be episodic or it could be ongoing. So, Mark, earlier you referenced how medical insurance pays for home health. How does that work for home care? And that's a very common question, Jason. And it's important to understand that, and this is why I reference home care as non-medical home care, because in most cases a person's medical insurance, in almost all cases, a person's medical insurance will not pay for home care. So a person could pay privately for non-medical home care. A person might have long-term care insurance, which is a, a specific type of insurance that, does, that is designed to pay for non-medical home care or assisted living care. So many people now are, are adding long-term care insurance to their, to their portfolio because they recognize the benefits of that. There are a couple of veterans' benefits which pay for non-medical home care. In some cases, a veteran themselves could qualify under the veteran's medical benefit for a program. One, one such program is called the Homemaker Program, where the Veterans Administration pays for an aide to come in and assist a veteran with their activities of daily living hands-on. And each veteran's case is looked at individually based on their medical need. But additionally, there's another benefit for a wartime veteran and their surviving spouse that they may qualify for. That is a reimbursement benefit under the pension side of the Veterans Administration. And that reimbursement benefit reimburses toward non-medical home care. So these two benefits could be used concurrently for a veteran and if there is a surviving spouse, the surviving spouse may still qualify for the aid and attendance benefit, the pension benefit. And uh, in many cases, uh, there are uh, reimbursements for non-medical home care provided by workers' compensation insurance or a, an auto insurance. So if a, if a person was in an automobile accident, it's possible that the other person's auto insurance might pay for them to receive non-medical home care. Or if a person was injured in a workplace situation and they need hands-on assistance at home to keep them safe, workers' compensation could pay for non-medical home care. And many times the family members pitch in, Jason, and... Mm -hmm. They, they provide a pool of money that helps their, their loved ones. And I don't want to get too complicated, but there's other, there's other things as well that each person could qualify for based on their, the equity of their home and things of that nature. But that becomes too complicated. I'll keep it at the simple level. Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. This has been extremely enlightening. Um, how can people find you? Well, they can find us at right at home md.net 
My email specifically is mark, M-A-R-K, symbol at, right at homemd.net. Our phone number, 301-255-0066. On Facebook, right at home, Rockville. Jason, our agency serves uh, the office that I work for. We serve Prince George's County, Montgomery County, and parts of Baltimore in Maryland. Well, Mark, thank you again. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, with Knowledgeable Aging.